Miracy. Nobody loves systems and processes, but they love the outcomes that systems and processes yield. Like that's sexy. More clients, more money, less time, freedom, loving that you're doing this in charge of your own future. Like that's sexy. Hello, and welcome to Blowing Up, the podcast that shows entrepreneurs like you how other businesses exploded in the best possible way. I'm Linda Claire Puig, the founder and CEO of Six Figure Newsletters. And I'm here with my co-host, Ari Eni, the head of strategy for the ACES Business Acceleration Program at Miracy. Hey there, Linda. In each episode of Blowing Up, we showcase an entrepreneur whose business, yes, blew up. It experienced what seemed to be a sudden success. But as we all know, that kind of success is not random or a fluke. The company employed a specific strategy that caused its rapid rise in revenue. So today we're gonna dive into that strategy so that you can learn from it and determine how you might apply elements of it to your business. In this episode, we cover a topic that you might initially think is rather ho-hum, systems and processes. But here's the thing, systems are a means to an end. And that end is more clients, more money, more time, more freedom, more confidence, more control over your future, So is it really ho-hum? I think I know what you'll say by the end of this spirited conversation. Our guest is Melinda Cohen, author of The Confident Coach and CEO of The Coach's Console. Through her coaching and software, Melinda has been helping coaches by removing the complexities of business so that they can build a business they love, attract ideal clients, and make a lasting impact. Welcome to Melinda. Let's jump right into the conversation. I'm a systems geek. I'm an efficiency geek. I love processes, procedures. Like they just, when that is dialed in into any project or anything, it just function better. The people function better. The results are better. It's just a better experience. So I was like, oh, well, if I'm going to start my business, let's figure out what the processes and systems are to get set up so that I can deliver on what I promise. So I put that in place in my business. Focused on networking because it's what I love. And uh, in a matter of months had filled my practice. I was very happy with my little business. My goal was to replace my income from the job I had just been fired. I thought if I Mm -hmm. can just make that doing my own thing, like, oh my God, that would be amazing. So I had done that. So I was so happy doing that. And then I'm going to go a little out there for a second. Is that okay? Go for it. Then I was um, very content in my spot, riding down the highway and heard this voice. I can still, like this is almost 20 years ago, still can hear it and feel it. It was this little voice that I heard that started talking to me. I looked at my friend driving. He's like, I didn't say anything. And I'm like, that's so weird. I just kept hearing these words and phrases. And so I pulled a napkin out of the glove box. I just started writing down the random stuff I was hearing. It didn't make any sense. But being the daughter of a minister, I learned to trust those. I was like, okay, I don't know what this is. I don't have to know what it is, but I'm going to listen. And I just wrote it down, tucked away that napkin, had no idea what it meant. But there were phrases on it. Now you'll do the same for others. You'll eliminate their burdens and distractions Mm. so they can live their God-given potential. And I was like, well, who are they? And what are the (laughs) burdens and distractions? And 
what's God given potential? Like, what is it? Who are these people? And I was like, I have no idea, whatever. And so I just kind of forgot about the napkin. You were getting a business plan download, right? From the universe. Yeah. Like legit down. I was like, okay. So Kate and I, my coach, were meeting at Starbucks and she makes some sort of comment about helping coaches. And I'm like, wait a minute. I know who they are. It's other coaches. And I know what the burdens and distractions are because you're telling me that most coaches, they're great at coaching, but they don't know the business side of things. And that's what's missing. I love it. I know that. And then I was like, oh, God, give them potential. This is our natural gifts and talents. I was like, oh, I know what this napkin means. And I had it with me and I pulled it out. Wow. And I was like, Kate, I don't know what it means, but I want to help coaches all over the world, help them with their business so that they can feel confident to put themselves out there, feel better about what they're doing and can coach more people. And then we'll make a difference in the world. And I was like, I think this is bigger than me. Do you want to join me on this? And she dipped her thumb in the mocha Mm -hmm. chocolate something, whatever she was drinking and smeared the (laughs) napkin. She's like, I don't know what that means, but yes, let's do it. Better than pricking your finger, right? Yeah. Chocolate's way better. (laughs) So that's when we became business partners. They were hard years in the beginning because we doubted ourselves. People are like, oh my gosh, you're an overnight success. There was no overnight about any of it. It's never, (laughs) no matter who you talk to, I'd be willing to bet there's never an overnight success. There's always years, weeks, months, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And then all of a sudden you experience it. Was there a moment when you said to yourself, I've arrived or this is super successful? Uh, Two of those moments. The first one was in those early years of selling the membership-based software. When we hit that month where finally we had a new member coming on every day, I was like, oh my gosh, 30 Mm. members in 30 days. Something has happened. That was Mm. a big deal. And it was like, it's 30 members. I'm like, I don't care. It's 30 members in 30 day consistency. We've hit consistency. I was so giddy and excited and proud. And then the other big one was when we pulled our coaching background and married it to the software and started coaching the users and the strategies. And in 2014, we had that first JV partner launch and we did multiple six figures. That was really when I was like, we have made it. We are here Mm. and this is happening. And it's just, it's been growing ever since. So I know that you are big on celebration, celebrating your wins. How did you celebrate? I remember that we went to our favorite restaurant and just had a lavish dinner with like unapologetic, whatever. It was a simple thing, but it felt very significant that we were able to do that. And then Kate, being the queen of fun that she is, a big part of why it was so successful was our programmers. And they're in Romania. We had never met them. We've worked with them for five years at that point. And so Kate's like, we have got to go thank our programmers and we should do it in person. So we went to Romania to literally Dracula's castle. We made everybody (laughs) dress up in Halloween costumes. We got a villa in Transylvania near Dracula's castle. And we got all of us together and just thanked them for all of their help and had a blast dressing up. 
Did you bring fangs for everybody? No, but it was so funny because they researched on YouTube. They researched all these skeleton faces. And so they all learned how to paint their faces. So we all had all these awesome costumes and it was pretty cool. It was awesome. So that was a big celebration for us. That's great. What a great story. I mean, you work mainly with coaches, but backend systems can be useful for anyone who is starting out. What do they need? Backend systems sounds very vague. Where should they start? The first thing to do is to remember, you've most likely, you've never had your own business. You come from an employee mindset that says you're good at a thing, you do the thing, you get paid for the thing. While that served you before, you've got to have a business owner mindset that has to be there. And you have to understand, I've got to build a structure that will help me put myself out there, that will help me do and facilitate the work that I do. Think of as a business owner so that you can then just be a coach more often. Uh, And so that understanding really has to be present or else they'll never pay attention to their business. And then they'll just bump into crap along the way and they'll be like, oh crap, now what do I do? And then they just scramble and react. And next thing they know, they've got a patched work business that's, as one of my clients said, it's held together by spitballs and duct tape. And then they wonder why they don't feel confident putting themselves out there. And I'm guessing people shouldn't be aiming for, you know, a 2,500 piece puzzle at first, like start with a 500 piece puzzle. Exactly. (laughs) the, The simple version. I was at a mastermind with Robert Allen. He speaks to these gigantic audiences. One of the gals there was like, I want to speak to 50,000 people. Like that was her dream. Hmm. And she kept asking questions about how do I get on stages where I can speak to 50,000 people? And she wasn't liking any of the answers that people were giving. She's like, yeah, but I got to really speak to 50,000 people. And finally, Robert Allen stands up and he's like, if you want to speak to 50,000, it starts with five. And then you go to 50 and then 500 and then 5,000. But you don't start at 50,000, you start at five and Mm. consistency will get you there. What would you say people need to have as a starting point? Where should they be looking first? If you really want to have a business and you want any sort of reliable income that you can count on and you want to be doing this work that you love on a regular basis, you got to have the infrastructure to support you. It's like that safety net so you feel confident in talking about what you're doing. And that roadmap consists of four phases that I work with coaches in. Those are the phases that you're going to evolve through. And within each of those phases, there's seven areas that you've got to pay attention to in your business. You have to know what's the minimum viable for the phase that I'm in that I need to have in place so that you can stay focused. Once you get that, it's like, oh no, thank you for telling me that great advice. I'll get to that later. Let me park that for now because I'm here in business phase one. Let me focus here. And then I know to grab that once I get to business phase three or whatever that might be. So I find that when when they've got the roadmap that says focus on these systems, nothing else, Mm -hmm. get results, consistent results in this area, then evolve to the next one. Then they're not skipping all around. They're not patchworking things. They're focused. They're getting results. They're maintaining momentum. They're like, wow, this is amazing. They feel good about themselves. They feel good about their work, even if they're just getting started. And it's that flywheel that just keeps building. Can you just go through that first phase and give us the kinds of systems that need to be in place in that first phase? And then if you want to go further with it, you can get Melinda's gift. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually going to skip to the second phase. The first phase is really a foundations phase. And I'm guessing that Mm. Anybody that's listening to this, they've already completed that phase. It's that commitment that says, I'm not going to dabble in this. I'm not going to have a hobby. I'm going to have my own business. 
I want to make an impact in the world. I want to do this work I love. I want to get paid for doing this work I love. Like they've made that commitment. That's the foundation phase. It's very important. A lot of people will overlook that. And they're still in the hobby. Think about it. One foot in, one foot out. That's never Mm. a way to try to build your business. So you have to hit that foundation phase. Both feet in. I'm committed. Now, what do I need to know? How do I need to do this? And then they get into that. So then that second step is business phase one. I call it the coaching client quick start. The mantra for this phase is you do the best you can with what you have from where you are. Because when I meet new coaches, they're like, oh my God, I've got to build my business and it all has to be done yesterday because everything feels so urgent. And I'm like, well, ho, time out. You're going to build your business. It can't be done yesterday. Your business, your dream is bigger than that. We're going to break it down. And here's where we're going to start. And so you do the best you can with what you have from where you are. And so you do have to start paying attention to like those success systems, like branding. Biggest mistake I see coaches make is they spend all their time and money on a website, a logo, and business cards. Even in today's age, people still use business cards. I'm like, don't yeah. use business cards, people. No business cards needed. You actually, even 20 years ago, I was teaching don't use business cards, but that's a whole nother episode. This idea of branding is just how do I talk about what I do in a way that other people get it? Because it can't mm-hmm. be, I'm a coach. I love this. I'm passionate about this. Wrong way to do it. But it's how do I talk about it so other people get it? So that's the first step that we have to really uncover is that alone. And it's just Mm -hmm. a simple five-part conversation. Once they get that, now they're like, oh my God, I can talk about this. This feels so great. And they're talking about anybody and everybody at the grocery store, on networking, at wherever they're going. (laughs) They're like, this feels so good. And they're getting responses and people are like, tell me more. I'd love Mm. to learn more about that. That sounds so interesting. And so it's creating engagement. So that's the biggest piece of branding. At this early phase, you do not yet know enough about the work you do how you do it, the people you do it with, the results they're going to get and the challenges that they're going to not have anymore. You're still learning that. So there's no way you have enough information to build a website. So we're not going to build out a full-on website, but we're going to create three simple pages. And we're going to create the simplest version of these three pages, a landing page to collect emails, an about page, and a sales page. Very simple version, not a big ornate sales page, Mm. but we're going to create the very first iteration, the simple like stick figure drawing version of this so that as you're talking with people, you can start gaining traction while we're learning what we need to learn to put the next version in place. And then how do you collect the names like list building, stick figure version of list building? We're not going to go for a full on CRM just yet, but you can have a stack of business cards on your desk. So stick figure version of list building. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's got to be simple. Like you don't worry about segmenting or what's the most robust CRM you can get. No, it's just, let's just gather them so that they're in one place so we can communicate with the ones that we do have right now. And in this phase, this is where you're getting that first client or those first few clients, but it's from the people you already know. It's from your inner circle, right? Your bosses, your former bosses, your coworkers, your confidence, your family members, your friends, they're hiring you because they already know you, like you and Mm. trust you. And they're like, oh, this sounds cool. Sure. I'll help you. And it's more about helping you than them. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is so incredible. Right. right. I didn't know I needed this so much. Right. So that first business phase is just doing the best you can with where you are, with what you've got, with that commitment to always improve. I find that that begins to build traction. And then it's really in the business phase two, where we start to optimize 
This is where systems and processes and where we leverage technology so we're not spending all of our time in the back end. That's where this really starts to take off because what got you here won't get you there when you're building your business. As you evolve from one phase to the next, how you used to do one thing, how you used to talk about what you do, how you used to build your list, how you used to enroll clients, how you used to support them, it will work in that first phase. And then you have to evolve if you're going to keep growing. Otherwise, you'll hit this plateau and you'll be like, why can't I get more clients? Why can't I make more money? Why am I stuck at this level? I'm really glad that you mentioned about list building and that being a very simple process to start with. Most people don't think of it that way. It's like, oh my God, build a list. I've had people in my class discover that they already had a list of 400 people. Right. Right. People always have more than they realize. It's just not organized. And once you start thinking in that way of organization, it's like you're channeling everything that you already have for the greater good instead of scattering your efforts and working harder against yourself. Mm -hmm. Is it truly possible for one's business to blow up just because they pay attention to and put attention on these back-end systems and processes? Oh my gosh, yes. It's totally possible. Now I'm biased because this was my path. You get a marketing expert on here, they're going to tell you it's through marketing that you're going to blow up or, right? So everybody's going to have their own vantage point. But because this is my go-to talents and skill set, this is what worked for me. I'm absolutely going to tell you, nobody loves systems and processes, but they love the outcomes that systems and processes yield. Like that's sexy. More clients, more money, less time, freedom, loving that you're doing this in charge of your own future. Mm. Like that's sexy, right? The back end is the means to the end. As I say, let's make your back end sexy. So let's talk. You know, it can be a big relief to know that it's totally fine, perfect, in fact, to approach your business development in phases, iterations. I hope you took a big, relaxed breath when you heard from Melinda that what you should be doing in your business depends on the phase of business you're in. You don't have to do everything all at once. Yay! Thank you to Melinda for an engaging conversation and some brilliant wisdom. Be sure to get Melinda's gift to you, the audiobook version of her book, The Confident Coach plus the Ultimate Coaching Business Success Toolkit. This is such a fabulous resource for coaches, and it has the roadmap to business phases that Melinda referred to in the interview. So grab your copy of it at blowingup.rocks forward slash Melinda. That's blowingup.rocks forward slash Melinda. This episode of Blowing Up was produced by Linda Claire Puig. Cynthia Lamb is our managing producer and Danny Eni, our executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. To make sure you catch all the really great episodes of Blowing Up, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, we'd love it if you could leave us a starred review or share the show with a friend. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.
Miracy. I certainly am willing to admit what I don't know. I tend to hold my truths lightly. I try not to have you know, very firm convictions because I recognize that when you move up an organization, your information is limited because you have a greater breadth of responsibility. I'm Sharon Richmond. I'm an executive coach and consultant with more than 30 years experience working with C-level executives. To Lead as Human is the podcast for you if you want to supercharge your leadership by bringing all of yourself into your role. Listen as our guests reveal their hard-won lessons and share their deep humanity. I think the turning point for me was when I realized that I want people to tell me what they think and they're afraid. They were honest to God, afraid to tell me things. It's like, I checked all the damn boxes, but I am so alone and I'm so unhappy. I'm burning myself out. And when I started looking at like, you know, my fears going into the shadows, sharing it with others, the very thing that would be a nightmare for most people in the workplace is the very thing that led me to my dreams. My guests know that the influence they have as top leaders comes with an equal measure of responsibility for all their stakeholders. They not only deliver great results for their customers and investors, they do so by building organizations that provide purpose, meaning, and a healthy work environment for their employees. One of the hallmarks of good leadership is clarity. If there isn't clarity around the goals, that creates confusion, that, that creates chaos. What's the end goal? What are we trying to achieve? And that makes people's jobs more purposeful. And people are clearly enjoying that. People who are making their own decisions, they're significantly more motivated in doing what they're doing. Yeah, I've really seen the maturity and growth of those individuals. And I think that we've now kind of really been able to create a lot of autonomy and give people a lot of freedom to do their best work. So not rocket science, nothing too crazy, but uh, you know, that was definitely a journey. I hope you'll join us every other week as we talk with these inspiring leaders and learn from the very human challenges and successes they've experienced on their own leadership journeys. And you ask me questions that I was like, gosh, I'm not sure I know what my values are. So I know they're there, but I'm not sure that they're articulated. So thanks for asking me those questions. They were hard. <laughs>